Hi everyone, welcome back to the Cyber Empowerment Podcast. Today we have the honor to be here with Mr. Scott Gerthry and Ms. Joy Chick. Scott is the Executive Vice President of the Microsoft Cloud and AI Group and has been with Microsoft for over 26 years. And Scott has been at the forefront of some of Microsoft's biggest projects, notably including the development of Azure and also the .NET framework. Scott was instrumental in the success and growth of Azure, leading its transformation into one of the world's top cloud platform and now used by 97% of Fortune 500 companies. And Ms. Joy is also an industry luminary and is currently the president of the Identity and Network Access Division at Microsoft. Joy has been with Microsoft for over 25 years, and her journey at Microsoft has been quite remarkable from her early days as a software design engineer and progressing through a variety of different roles to reach her position today. And Joy's leadership in the Identity and Access Division has been instrumental where she oversees platforms that interact with over a billion users monthly from Office 365 and Skype to Azure and Xbox. It is truly an honor to have Scott and Joy on the podcast today. Welcome Scott and Joy to my podcast. I think it is awesome to have me and, uh, you know, and also thanks Scott for inviting me (laughs) to join you to be part of this uh, podcast. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Aaron, and uh, it's uh, uh, really excited to be here. All right. So just to get us started here, I think many high school students often equate uh, cybersecurity with internet safety. And although I think internet safety is, in fact, a part of cybersecurity, uh, cybersecurity encompasses um, a lot more. So... What is Microsoft's definition of cybersecurity? Uh, I, I guess I'll get started, Scott. Um, so I think for me, like, you know, internet safety, of course, is super important just because we use that uh, every day. You know, I think uh, just like uh, you and uh, I'm, you know, on social media, I do a lot of online shopping, you know, yeah. whether it's uh, gaming or not. But cybersecurity is much broader than that, you know, as uh, we think about, you know, like an identity, like uh, each of us have uh, multiple identities, frankly, so, uh, depends uh, what application or services we use. You know, we also have a lot of devices that we access from, right? Whether it's from our PC or whether it's from our mobile phone devices or your iPads, if you will. And you come from, you know, you can access from anywhere, whether it's your home network or was whether it's your school network or whether it's your cafe, you know, some network is not safe. I would say majority probably it's not. And also there's many sensitive data, like our own personal data. Uh, and not to mention, you know, there's our government agencies, uh, you know, there's, uh, you know, a lot of your healthcare uh, information, they're very sensitive and personal um, so it's very broad in, in, in terms of we think about how do we secure all of these assets, if you will. Uh, and frankly, you know, if somebody steal your password or, or, you know, steal your credential, get your credit card or get your personal, you know, your you know, photos, your message, 
And I mean, it can get really uh, a lot of issues, both personally, not to mention, you know, as we think about cybersecurity now, there's many nation states sponsored, you know, cyber war crime, if you will. So they attack the government, uh, like in terms of infrastructure, whether it's, you know, our power grid or utility grid, or frankly, you know, a lot of healthcare systems, if you will. So in short, you know, there's cybersecurity is so broad, both at the personal level, but also at a nation-wide level, if you will. And frankly, you know, cybersecurity is how we protect the world. Yeah. So Scott, do you have anything to add about Microsoft's definition of cybersecurity? Yeah, I think I think Joy said it well. I mean, it's it's a broad definition, but it includes, you know, how to um, all the systems in the world, whether it's your healthcare provider, your government, your uh, email provider, your social media provider. How do they protect their systems from attackers? And then how do you, as a user of those systems, also take steps to protect yourself? And um, uh, it is in some ways a team sport. You need to kind of both as an end user do the right things, like enable multi-factor authentication or uh, have a good, strong password that you don't use all over the place. Um, and then obviously it depends a lot on the systems that you're accessing to make sure they're also following good security hygiene and taking the right steps to on their side as well to make sure they're secure too. You mentioned security hygiene. I think that it's an important cybersecurity concept, which... Um, many of my high school audience might not be familiar with. Security hygiene um, is essentially a set of practices that you should perform regularly to maintain the health and security of your computer systems. It's kind of like personal hygiene. Um, washing your hands regularly helps remove germs and bacteria and prevents common diseases from spreading. I would like to switch gears a little bit here and move to the topic of career development. We students would often look up at accomplished leaders um, like the both of you as our role models and uh, learn about their career paths and what makes them successful. So Scott and Joy, can you share with us your personal journey and was there anything that has inspired you to choose your respective career paths? Guy, you want to start first? Yeah, I kind of knew from a fairly early age that I was interested in computers and interested in technology. Um, and, uh, you know, and so in high school, I did AP computer science. Um, and in college, I was a computer science major. Um, and uh, my summer of my junior year at my, um, in college, I did an internship at Microsoft. Uh, and so as part of that internship, uh, I flew out to Seattle and, and Microsoft hosted me. Um, they kind of got me an apartment and a rental car. And I was able to kind of spend a summer working for Microsoft as uh, like effectively like a real employee building things. Um, and I left that summer going, I want to do this for the rest of my life. Um, and uh, you know, went back to college, finished my senior year of college and graduated with a computer science degree. And then I joined Microsoft about three weeks after graduation and have been here ever since. And so you know, that, that was kind of my journey from high school to getting to Microsoft. Um, and um, 
you know, it's been it's been fun. I think one thing that's nice about technology is it's always changing. Uh, and so, um, you know, it's it's different than many other industries that often do things the same way for 20 years in, in technology. It's rare to do anything the same for more than two or three years. And um, so even though I've been at the same company for almost 27 years, uh, I think I'm in my 27th year, um, every, every year has been different. And uh, the technologies I've worked on, the approaches I've, I've, I've adopted, um, the things I've learned, you know, has been different. It has kept it fresh and kept it fun. And it's, uh, it's why I'm still here today. Uh, I have kind of a bit of similar theme, but a slightly different from um, Scott. So I grew up actually in China, and uh, and then I moved to Hong, uh, Hong Kong when I was in high school. And uh, I think somewhere in between is when I, you know, actually when I grew up, we didn't really have, a, you know, sort of a, a lot of access to computers, if you will. But I did have a privilege to, you know, had a, a kind of a, you know, PC way, you know, <laughs> way before anybody was born in terms of, you know, can do this thing called the GW basic. So I kind of got into programming a little bit. And then when I was in Hong Kong in high school, I was actually fortunate enough in, in terms of able to get access to computer science uh, uh, class in, uh, in school. And I was curious enough. And so I had some, you know, did some programming and uh, play with computer. Uh, and then I came to United States for undergraduate at, uh, um, you know, uh, in this upstate kind of technology school called the Rensselaer Polytechnic Institute. Um, I was very good at math. So math and science is always my passion. And, uh, and I didn't really think about computer science as a major, but actually my wise uncle, one of my uncles gave me the advice. They're like, well, if you do math major, you can be a professor, but this thing, computer science, seems like a thing for the future. And I think he was pretty smart. So that's how I chose computer science. But one of the things that like, you know, um, sort of not having a ton of like a high school computer science background, if you will, is when I joined the RPI for computer science the undergraduate, I felt pretty, uh, I would say overwhelmed in the sense that I didn't have as much background context, whether it's a programming language or just in general. So I've kind of always felt behind. So, you know, when you felt behind, there's one thing I could do, which is you just work harder. <laughs> Trying to do a school assignment, you know, ahead of everybody, if I take longer, if you will. But I kind of really fell in love with the fact that, you know, you can really use computer science software to solve many, many all different kinds of problems. Uh, so and I kind of really enjoyed that. And I beat uh, Scott. I interned at Microsoft after sophomore year. <laughs> so uh, I don't know how, but uh, Microsoft did give me an offer. So kind of, uh, you know, I did a fly, I flew to, you know, Seattle, you know, spent a nice summer, uh, met a lot of uh, uh, other interns. Um, so, and I worked on exchange email system at the time. Uh, and, um, you know, and then I did also join Microsoft after I graduated from school and have been here since then. Um, as yeah, as I reflect, as I was listening to Scott, as I reflect to why am I still here? Uh, you know, exactly like Scott said, it's never, I think 
you know, I used to work for Scar, so Scar knows that, like the space I'm in, like identity, there's never a boring day. <laughs> there's always something going on. So um, so it's kind to me, you know, be able to be both in terms of continual learning, in terms of the new technology that's, a, a, you know, constantly evolving, but also be able to apply that, especially in the cybersecurity space, is there's really no dull moment, but also just that sense of responsibility. Like I said earlier, you're really protecting the world, if you will. Uh, I think that is both uh, exciting, but also just, you know, have that sense of purpose, frankly. Uh, so that's why I'm still here. And I think, uh, you know, you know, now with AI and everything, and there's even more things yet to see in terms of what technology can, you know, can accomplish, but also how do we do it in a responsive way. And and both of you actually started um, at Microsoft through internships, which I found very interesting. Internship is a topic that um, is in the minds of many high schoolers or even undergrads. What are your views on internships and how do you think it can help us learn and grow and prepare us for the future? I would definitely recommend an internship. Um, you know, and you can even try to potentially do one, you know, during high school or, or during college. It doesn't have to be at a company like Microsoft, um, but, it, you know, it could be a local company. It could be, um, you know, a company that maybe doesn't even have an IT staff, but has some technology needs for their website um, or for other processes. And I, you know, I think um, what makes an internship valuable is really three things. I think one is um, it looks good on a resume. And so, you know, it, you know, doing a job, even if it um, uh, is, is, you know, might not be kind of what you want to ultimately do, but it, if it's at a company and you're influencing, it, it helps you get another job or another job and another job later in the future. And so, you know, it looks good on a resume. It shows that you have kind of motivation and experience. Um, and so, again, I'd encourage, you know, any type of, of experience um, early on to help with that. I think the second thing is it, it teaches you skills. Um, and so it'll help you both in your academic career. Um, you know, I found it very useful, for example, when I left Microsoft after my internship and went back to college for a year. You know, I took different classes or I thought about the things I learned differently because I'd seen how it had been applied in the real world and it, it made me a better student. And I, I felt like I learned a lot more my senior year that I probably wouldn't have. Um, and the third thing is it also hopefully gives you confidence this is what you want to do uh, when you graduate and when you, when you go out and get a job in, in, in the world. And, and it might also convince you it's what you don't want to do. Um, and so, you know, it, it and it's better to learn that early than late. Uh, and um, so, you know, I think an internship, uh, again, you know, even starting during high school, if you can find a local company that you can help out with or work with is, is a great idea and, and a great opportunity. Yeah, it's an interesting perspective. I've never heard um, how, how an internship changed um, the classes that you took. That's definitely something that... Um, our, our audience can consider. Yeah, I would add one thing, Aaron, also, is uh, I find in school, you know, when we have a project, because usually a professor give you like a project to kind of know like what <laughs> yeah. they want you to accomplish. It's almost like 
I mean, I don't want to say there is an answer, but there is a set of ways to accomplish that project. One of the things I find, you know, doing internship or real job is no, there's no, like, it's not like your manager or who have the answer of that project. They might have some general sense in terms of how it want to be, but there is no the answer. And then you're just going to seek the answer. It's more of like, hey, you work with your teammates and you collaborate and then you explore different options, you know, how to solve a problem, like a real world problem that you may or may not know how to uh, how to accomplish that. So that's a very different mindset from like almost like you're trying to seek a solution and answer to trying to explore in, in a very sort of open way. And sometimes you don't even know whether you can solve it or not. Um, but that like that to me, it just a both it has an additional challenge, but also at the same time is like you don't have to do it on your own because you are working with, uh, you know, your teammates. So you explore that together. So that shift is kind of, it was useful for me when I had an internship to prepare for me when I take on a full time job. Yeah, one thing I've uh, actually heard a lot. Um, specifically in the cybersecurity industry is that real world experience is way more valuable than whatever degree you earn or um, even the certifications that you earn. Yeah, I think I feel like, a, you know, degree is important. So I wouldn't tell all of you say that's for don't get a degree because I feel like a school prepares you the foundation, the foundation of learning in terms of the basics, if you will. But the the internship, you know, or just doing projects on the side, it then teaches you how to problem solving, right? And how to explore different ways of how to solve it. Uh, and then you apply different techniques, you know, and, and so that sort and then it, and it's never about the answer to that one problem. It's almost the process of finding ways to solve it, that's the skill you acquired. So the next time you solve a different problem, you acquired those experiences, how to solve and how do you approach the problem? And you can apply that to the next thing. Um, so it's not just the knowledge, it's almost the, the process of learning and acquiring that knowledge. So Scott, you've been uh, instrumental in the development and growth of Microsoft Azure, as uh, we mentioned. And you've built Azure into a business worth hundreds of billions. So could you share um, some of your insights on how Azure is uh, enhancing cybersecurity for its users? Yeah, um, that's a great question. I mean, I think, you know, our, at a high level, I think one of the things that we're always very focused on with our products is how do we make our customers successful? And so I think the center of everything we try to do is really put customers in the middle and at the center and then work our way back in terms of how can we make them successful and sometimes that's with capabilities um and so in the case of a cloud provider it's scale or cost or um in you know feature capabilities like ai or databases or other services uh, but also sometimes it's around um additional capabilities like security uh, where, you know, how do we help people secure themselves um, and follow best practices? And um, I think with Azure, as an example, we were early in terms of offering um, through the identity services that Joy runs, you know, uh, multi-factor authentication as a built-in feature. 
uh, both so that customers could protect their own environment, but also could build apps where they protect their own customers. Um, we also were early in terms of pioneering what became uh, our uh, Defender product for Azure, yeah. which is kind of a built-in security Personally, system I thought security that would look at and help guide really our customers cool as to whether they were following the best practices. You know, AI, um, were they securing their environment with all of the capabilities that we had and, you know, help tell them when they were being attacked. And I think I building like in that security early how does um, the strategy lead our customers Scott to be more successful? And when our customers are successful, we're successful. And, the identity um, and, and you know, you're going to continue to see us kind of invest to do that. And as we do it, you know, and, our uh, business is um, growing. You know, first of a thing, yeah, I like say, you know, said, because identity you know, is um, really, you know, identity, you know, you know to with, all uh, of our um, customers, you know, we call it like customers, you know, digital estate, whether it's there. You know, um, you know, know their, you know, employees, their users, whether it's their devices, whether it's their sensitive data. Um, and then the things that we kind of want to do, you know, in the cybersecurity space uh, is really is we, you know, we, we call this thing is uh, you all you never uh, trust. You always, uh, you know, verify and you always assume breach. Like Scott said, right, on the identity front, you know, you use a. Uh, that we call a multi-factor authentications uh, so that you don't just use passwords because password is not safe. And uh, you always trying to verify explicitly by saying, hey, what's your secondary factor, like your mobile phone or your biometric if you will. Like for example, Windows Hello is a great way to do secure path, uh, secure authentication with uh, two factors, you know, the factor of your biometric as well as the device itself. Um, so we kind of call it always verify, if you will. We also believe that, uh, hey, you know, whenever you give access to things, you want to use the least amount of, uh, you know, we call it privilege. Just think about, uh, you know, even just from your day to day, you know, like, hey, if you have school uh, assignment work, hey, you don't want it to give your paper documents access to everybody in your class, right? You only want to share who you want to work with or with your teacher, if you will. And you want to share with a limited amount of time. So what we call the least privilege, uh, or if you can. Um, Scott talked about the Defender product is, uh, hey, if we always assume breach, then how do you constantly monitor and then be able to detect any of uh, anomalies and also be able to uh, remediate uh, of any of those, uh, you know, attacks, if you will. So that always just assume breach and but constantly monitoring and remediate, you know, we have a lot of, uh, you know, products to do that. And the last but not least, as you said, you know, I think uh, AI, frankly, both adds the complexity to security, but also can be super helpful, like a security co-pilot, to help us protect against any of the bad actors, if you will. Um, so, you know, all in all, AI can be a great way to, you know, can be a great defense mechanism if we know how to do it in a, a responsive, a secure way. Um, so I think, you know, cybersecurity is one of the biggest, you know, I think the investment uh, Microsoft uh, across whether it's AI, our M365, or, or our Dynamics Power Platform, so you name it, the Microsoft entire Microsoft Cloud for our customers. And I wanted to point out, 
that concepts like zero trust and least privilege, I think they're they're super crucial to security. Yeah. Not a lot of kids understand that. And like also concepts like CIA, confidentiality, integrity, and availability, and just being secure by design or secure by default are super important as well. This concludes part one of my interview with Scott Guthrie and Joy Chick. Stay tuned for part two.